You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Two tight ends. Snap. Play action to Jacobs. Fires Adams at the 15. Has the 10 with the block at the 5. Stiff arm at the 2. Touchdown, Devontae Adams! Raiders march the opening drive. 75 yards for a touchdown to Devontae Adams, his first of the year. And the Raiders go up 6-0, less than three minutes into the game. This is Unnecessary Roughness, live at the Splash Cantina inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Here's your boy Q. And then it was over. If the game had ended right after that highlight, the Raiders would be 2-0 on the season. Great opening drive. Nothing after that opening drive. Of course, Daniel Carlson, cash money. Carlson kicked in a field goal a little bit later on in the game. But it was basically game, set, match. And I'll tell you right now, I kind of f- fell for the banana in the tailpipe, Raider Nation. Saw that opening drive by the Silver and Black. Went right down the field. Five quick plays. Boom, 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 boom. Touchdown. It's like, okay. I see you. I see you. I see what kind of day it's going to be. My man Vegas Jess had hit me up on text like, hey, Q, looking pretty good so far. I said, so far, so good. See if the Raiders can uh, keep that going. Well, it was not to be had. So they uh, dropped to 1-1 uh, one one on the season after getting blown out 38-10 to by the hands of the Buffalo Bills. And I think, and I said this before the show started, if the MJ kind of shrug was a sound, like the emoji was actually a sound, what would it be? It'd be, eh? It'd be whelp. It'd be, uh, all right. That's basically what I'm saying when it comes to that game. I thought it was going to be a lot closer game, a game that I predicted the Raiders to lose. But, man, I was feeling good about the team on Friday. <laughs> I was feeling really good. We were at Buffalo Wild Wings. I was feeling good about their chances. Thought that they were going to go in there after a week being in West Virginia, have the team bonding, getting their bodies used to that Eastern time zone. Like, everything looked good, sounded good, felt good. Wasn't good on Sunday, and all I can go back to is what my late great-grandmother would always say. Son, just because it looks good and feels good don't mean it is good. And so it just wasn't good for the Silver and Black on Sunday. So they look at that film, they flush it, they throw it out, they do whatever they do, burn it, whatever you want to call it, and uh, start preparing for Pittsburgh, and that's all they can do. But we will be around here to talk about it throughout the course of the show and see how the Raiders can improve. And this is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We're live at the Splash Cantina inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. This is our Monday night spot. Of course, there's double headers when it comes to Monday night football uh, going on today on ESPN. Excited about that. Multiple games. You're going to have uh, the Saints and Carolina, and then you're going to have that followed up by Pittsburgh and Cleveland as well. So multiple double uh, Monday night football games tonight uh, that we'll be able to talk about as well. But of course, the, 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 the facts of the matter is we'll be talking about the way that the Raiders lost that game to the Buffalo Bills, and there's a lot to take away from what we saw. So we got the next two hours and uh, 58 minutes to go ahead and break it on down, and we'll definitely do that coming off the heels of the JT The Brick Show live from the Intermountain Health Performance Center. So got a lot of good guests coming up on the show. As I could tell, already got uh, Raider Nation fired up. They're already calling in. Raider Mike, I see you. Passionate Raider, I see you. We'll get to you in a couple minutes, but uh, we got to go ahead and give the breakdown of the show again. We're at the Oyo Hotel and Casino inside the Splash Cantina. Definitely encourage you to come on by, hang out with us. We'll tell you a lot more about them later on in the show. But Ed Graney, our normal Monday guest from the RJ and our sister station ESPN Las Vegas, he'll join us at 2.30 to talk about what he saw from the Silver and Black and where he thinks that they can improve, what went wrong and how it went wrong following that opening drive that put them up 7-0. At 3 o'clock, you heard the voice as we opened up the show, the play-by-play, the voice of the Silver and Black, Jason Horowitz. He'll join the show and just talk about how the tide shifted. And you know one thing that really stood out to me in the first two games so far this season 
it's been really weird. And I guess that's the best word to describe it. It's not the most illustrious or sexy word to use. Weird is just a very basic word. But it's been very weird as far as the possessions and as far as how long the Raiders have had the ball. 13 snaps in the second half of yesterday's game. 13 snaps, right? That's nothing. And then, of course, they only had, what, six possessions week one against Denver. Just feels really weird. The, the defense couldn't get off the, the, the field. The Bills had the ball for what seemed like forever. They just aren't getting enough touches. So people like me and you will talk about the lack of run game from Josh Jacobs. We'll talk about the lack of Hunter Renfro getting the ball. We'll talk about this, that, and the other. But the fact of the matter is 13 snaps in the second half, that's not going to get anybody going. So there's a lot to break down and talk about. So we'll join Jason Horowitz. will join us at 3 o'clock to talk about what he saw from, uh, from the booth as he was on the, pl- on the call. And I'm sure he was thinking, man, everything's going to be all good in this game after that first drive. And really, that was the last drive that everything went really well for the Silver and Black. Then coming up at 3.30, Dan Graziano from ESPN will join us to talk all things NFL. Joe Burrow, he's injured, calf injury, something I said way back in training camp and preseason when he went down with that initial uh, calf injury was that, one, that kind of injury scares the mess out of me. He already had a sleeve on his, on his uh, calf. He says he's okay. There's no damage, no damage to the Achilles. That's what everybody was scared about. And then he comes back, he finally gets uh, his contract, he's good to go, and now he has a calf injury again. It's a reoccurring injury. So those are scary. If you're the Bengals who are 0-2 on the season, if you're them, how do you treat that? Do you rush him back out there because you need wins? Do you let him sit as long as possible to make sure he's good? Again, as a Warrior fan, all I think back to is Kevin Durant coming back from that injury and then, boom, tearing his Achilles. And we know we've seen one quarterback, big-time quarterback, go down with an Achilles tear already uh, with, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and what happened with him. So you don't want to see another high-profile quarterback go down. But, again, you, they've got to figure out in Cincinnati how they're going to take care of him. Patrick Mahomes also restructured his contract. He is paid, paid, and well-paid through 2026. He's going to get paid about $211 million fully guaranteed in the next couple of years. And this is, remember, he had a contract that was through 2031. They had given him that 10-year deal, and you knew something was going to shake out at some point about that. But uh, he restructured his deal. He's a very rich man, which we already knew that that was going to be the case. So we'll talk to Dan Graziano about all things NFL. And also, how do you take the first couple weeks of the season? Right? I mean, it's, it's, it's basically like a glorified preseason since we know nobody gets any burn during, during the preseason. So this is really what it is. So how much can you take away from a 38-10 to 10 loss by the Raiders? How much can you take away from a 17-16 to 16 win by the Raiders? And then, of course, the upcoming game they have on, Saturday, on Sunday excuse me, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the season home opener. So those are the three guests that we have on the show, Ed Grady, Jason Horowitz, and Dan Graziano. Also going to be calling Christopher Smithson. On the show, uh, he was one of the winners from our uh, our Boyd fan fanfare hookup, where they uh, they gave out a couple pair of tickets. So Christopher Smithson, he was a winner. Also Dan Smith, that's pretty funny. Smithson and Smith. Anyway, they both won tickets to see the Raiders on Sunday night at Allegiant Stadium. So we'll give them a call live on the show and uh, and let them know that they got hooked up with some tickets. So uh, that should be a lot of fun to hear from them as well. And of course, we'll hear from you throughout the course of the show at 702-365-9200. And head coach Josh McDaniels, we met with him earlier today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. So you get some sound bites from him. So as you can tell, we're locked and loaded. We got a lot to get to. Ed Grain at 2.30, Jason Horowitz at 3, Dan Graziano at 3.30, and of course, you, 
throughout the course of the show, 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Again, we are at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Make sure you check them out. Come by here. Matter of fact, ask about their weekly slots tournament. You can win up to $1,000 in free slot play. That's every Tuesday and Thursday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. I'll tell you a lot more about that uh, later on throughout the course of the show. But let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. So I always like to come to the show with a couple topics, and I got a phone call on my uh, Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line that I had on the show today that I thought was a really good call that I'd like to get to in a hot minute. But like I said, I have a couple different subjects uh, that I, that I want to bring to the table that you can respond to. And, of course, whatever's on your mind, you can hit us up as well. We always love hearing feedback from you at 702-365-9200. And, again, the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. The first question is about Hunter Renfro. What do you think the Raiders' plan is for Hunter Renfro? Again, as I mentioned, the snaps have been really weird, 13 in, in the second half of, of the game on Sunday and only six possessions in the first game against Denver. So what do you think the Raiders' plan is for Hunter Renfro? One target, one catch, 23 yards through two games. And I made kind of a big deal about it on my podcast today saying that he ain't got to be a starter. He doesn't have to be the first option or even second option. But one target through two games to me is really underutilizing Hunter Renfro, especially when a guy like Jacoby Myers is out. That was one of the big keys I had to the game on Friday was getting Hunter Renfro involved. Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Splash Cantina, Ari back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, dealing with a few little internet gremlins apparently. We'll get that worked out at some point. What do you think the Raiders' plan is for Hunter Renfro? One target, one catch, 23 yards through two games. That's the first question I have. The second question came from Lois Cali Raider. He actually called into the podcast. Gave a really good question. I thought that it was something that was worth visiting. So Ari, back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, go ahead and play that call from Lois Cali Raider, and then we'll get into it. Hey, Q, how's it going? I want to get your thoughts on, you know, what could we learn from this loss? And I just want to learn, this was like a measuring game for us, and we could just treat it like that, but what did you see that we can learn from this game, that we can get away from it, that we can come away from it, and fix what we need to fix, and see these, see the Raiders as a top contending tier team, you know what I mean? Because everybody knows that the Buffalo Bills, they're going to be pretty good if they keep this up. But what can we walk away from this so early in the season and learn from this to make sure that the Raiders come up and when we face against other teams, what well, we can learn from this kind of loss and get better from this? That was Lois Cali Raider. He called the podcast line, and I thought that was a really good question, so I wanted to throw that out there to you. What do you think, Raider Nation, the Raiders as a team can learn from this loss to the Buffalo Bills? Because I do think that this was a measuring stick game. I think this was kind of an early test in the season of letting you know right where they really were. We talked about it after the first game against Denver. Who is this team? Are they really a good team? Denver a bad team? What's the case? I mean, you just really don't know. But they found a way to win against Denver, and then they got blown out against Buffalo. So are they closer to that? team that played week one are they closer to that team played to week two what did you learn and what do you think the team should have learned from this loss to the hands of the buffalo bills and also what do you think the raiders plan is for hunter renfro one target one catch 23 yards through two, two games and that's all for a guy that we've seen have over 100 catches at some point in his career let's go out to the phone lines talk to our guy raider mike in colorado welcome to the show what's on your mind Hey, what's going on q and ari what's going on man <laughs> man we trying to make it man we trying to hold on yeah, man you- I already know, man. I already know. Um, 
I'm hoping the plan for Hunter Renfro, man, is to get some more targets. Um, I felt like yesterday just watching the game, man, um, I love Devontae Adams. I do. Um, and he should get the targets that he gets. Um, but I felt like at times, like, um, that's all we were going to uh, when, when we were throwing the ball. Um, and I felt like, I mean, there's, I don't really, I know that uh, Buffalo defense is, it's, they're okay. Uh, but you can't tell me that Hunter Renfro ain't getting open at any point in time. You know, against the Broncos, okay, I can understand a little bit more. But against the Bills, I felt like he was probably getting open a little bit more. Uh, I don't know if he wasn't included in the game plan or, or what was going on, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for more targets. I mean, that's all we can really do. Um, and what we can, what the, what the Raiders can learn uh, fr- from this loss, man. To, to be honest, is there's still, there's still a lot of work to do. To be honest, yeah. man. Um, you know, there's still, I would say, um, the consistency with me already is just starting to be like, oh, here we go. It's not consistent. You know, one week you're, you're playing. It was okay, the, uh, week one, you know, it wasn't bad. But then week two is just like, here we go. Like, you know, um, now I felt like, you know, as much as Buffalo's back was against the wall, but so was ours because we all week we kept hearing Buffalo's going to do this, Buffalo's going to rebound, Buffalo's going to do this. Well, when are we going to take that? They first? did. When are we going to? They did. When are we going to feel some type of way about that? And be like, Yo, you know what? I'm not going to let that happen. Um, right. So there's that, man. You know, it's still a lot of work to do. I still feel like we have a lot of. Uh, I shouldn't say a lot. We have missing pieces, man. Especially on that D line. Um, the pressure is just not there. Um, outside of Max, man, they just don't do much. Um, hoping that that hoping that gets better. Um, it, it, for me, Q, Q, to be honest, before before I let you go. It's not the loss, man. It's the way we lose. Um, show some fight. You know, I understand it's Buffalo, so I didn't expect us to win the game. But I expected a little more fight. You know, not just one yeah. drive and, you know, oh, we won the game. No. You still got you got to play four quarters. But, yeah. you know, it is what it is, man. I'm on to Pittsburgh, and let's, let's, let's hope we get a dub, uh, first dub, a uh, home opener, man. Y'all have a good day, man. Shout out to you guys. Hey, man, great call, great call. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like I said, I thought it was going to be a very competitive game. I know that they went into the game originally in nine-and-a-half-point underdogs, and I thought that that was way too much. I thought that was flat-out disrespectful. Well, they lost 38-10. to 10. So, so much for my disrespect, right? I thought it was going to be a three- or four-point game. I thought you were going to see a lot more pressure from the defensive line. I uh, thought you were going to see a lot more, I don't want to say dominance, but you were going to see a lot more better play from the offensive line. I mean, one of the biggest things I talked about all week was that game is going to be won or lost in the trenches, and it was. And it just didn't go in the Raiders' favor. The trenches were dominated by the Bills on both sides of the ball uh, from the very first snap, right? I mean, Jimmy G gets the snap, goes to hand it to Josh Jacobs, and Ed Oliver knocks uh, Van Roten right back into Josh Jacobs for a four-yard loss. That was immediately out the jump. They rebounded from that and was able to get down the field and score a touchdown, but that kind of set the tone right there that, hey, this is going to be a day that's going to be dominated uh, in the trenches by the Buffalo Bills, and they did do that. And, you know, one of the things that I kept hearing before the game, I was watching NFL Live and all that other stuff, like to get up early and watch all those shows and kind of get the feeling from different, different analysts what they think about the game. And I forget who it was. It might have been Sam Ponder. It might have been um, Randy Moss. It might have been one of the – I don't know who it was. It might have been Rex Ryan. I can't remember exactly who it was, but it was one of those cats on the show uh, kept saying that, yeah, this is a get-right game for – for, uh, for the Bills, right, and for Josh Allen. And I kept thinking, if I'm the Raiders, and that's just if I'm the Raiders, and I know that you can't, out, you can't play better than what you're uh, able to play, but if I'm the Raiders and I'm hearing all week long that the get-right game is coming, like, I take that personal, right? Again, take a page out of Coach Prime's book, right? Take it personal. I take that personal. I go out there with a little bit more fire. I mean, Buffalo, I knew they were going to come out with their hair on fire, 
But it didn't look like the Raiders came out with their hair on fire. And Buffalo made sure that two guys weren't going to beat them. I don't know what the game plan was. Obviously not in the locker room. I don't know these things. But I can tell you just by watching, not being the smartest guy in the room, I ain't got to be the sharpest tool in the shed, right, to understand that the game plan was eight's not beating us and 98's not beating us. If anybody else out there beats us, so be it. But them two cats ain't. Josh Jacobs didn't get off at all. Negative two yards on nine carries. And Max Crosby was basically uh, non-existent. You know, not from lack of effort, but Buffalo just said, we're not going to allow him to get off. And it's funny, on Friday I, I, I threw out the stats of what to watch for, and there was one on Daniel Carlson with one made field goal in Sunday's game. He would become the just the fourth picker in NFL, kicker in NFL history to make 145 field goals in the first 80 career games. Well, he got that, so kudos to him. And then I remember talking about Josh Jacobs with five rushing yards, only five. Jacobs will surpass Napoleon Kaufman for fourth on the Raiders' all-time rushing list. And I remember saying, oh, he'll get that. He'll get that, no problem, five yards. He'll get that on one carry. My man ended the game with negative two yards. So now he needs seven yards to pass Napoleon Kaufman. But it kind of made me laugh after the game. I was like, damn, did I put that bad jinx on him, that bad juju on him? Oh, he'll get that five yards. That's easy. Didn't get it. And then Crosby, I'll take it a step further. With a half a sack, a half a sack, Crosby will pass Derek Burgess for seventh most sacks in Raiders history. With one and a half sacks, Crosby will reach 40 career sacks in 68 career games, just the fifth player to accomplish the feat with the Raiders since Khalil Mack, 2014-2017 was the last time that that's happened. None of that happened except for Daniel Carlson making that one field goal. I was like, dang, even though those look like very minimal and very obtainable stats, they weren't. And that just kind of lets you know the way that the, way that the game went by. Uh, so, man, just a, just a rough deal, very rough deal. But uh, want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Passionate Raider, you're up next. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? Hey, man, you know, like I called last week, Q, not wanting to be, but but I wasn't impressed week one because Denver was busted, man, and we struggled and we went up against a dominant team yesterday. We all and Q, we weren't good at any position on the field. Not one position did we win in a battle on that field, and and, and I'm just still dumbfounded why our quarterback. And here we go again. We get he makes one read. He wants to look at one receiver, and that is it. One read. That's it. If it's not there, he's checking down to Josh. Josh, from the, like you said, the first play of the game, Josh got knocked in the backfield. I don't know what's going on. I just don't feel that Josh McDaniels has the fear of these players to where when he walks around or when Mark walks around, they all get quiet and be like, man, the man's here. We got, I don't think that's there with these guys, Q. I don't know what it's going to take for Raider Nation to get there. I don't know who Mark needs to bring in. I don't know who we need because, Q, this is, again, it wasn't a loss, like, hey, we lost by two. We got our asses kicked the whole game. There wasn't nothing competitive about this game but the first drive. It's the first, you can't ever jump on a first drive. We knew it all in the Raiders' faces what was coming. But to get beat down like that, the second game of the year being there for a whole week, Q, I mean, Mark really has to be scratching his head right now. Like, what do I need to do to get these boys fired up? I tell him what he needs to do, Q. All right, thank you for the call, my man. Thank appreciate you. Trying to get a couple more calls in real quick. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened. But anyway, um, look, it's only the second game of the season. So I wouldn't, you know, jump off the deep end just yet. It's only the second game of the season. So don't overreact to, to you know, one game. Just realize that the first four games of the season, 
nobody has any idea what these teams are going to look like. I understand what you're saying about the Denver game. It wasn't pretty, but they got a win, and they got absolutely dominated on a stage that they hadn't a chance to make a statement. They didn't get a chance to make that statement, or they didn't make a statement. The statement that they made was a very unfortunate and bad one. But thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you. Let's go out quickly to Steve. Steve, what's on your mind? Yeah, Steve from Overland Park, Kansas. Okay, what's up, man? Okay. Anything else, Steve? Good. Gotcha. Next, Raider X, you're up next. Hey, so I got so much things to talk about. But anyways, I'm going to keep your topic about what you think they're going to do for Raider for uh, Hunter Renfro. I think they're going to script a lot of plays. And what I'm seeing here, yeah, it's, I'm trying to keep it optimistic, is um, a lot of scripted plays and a lot of things that are kind of out there. And uh, it, it appears that um, Josh McDaniels, as you saw that, that first series, beautiful. It was orchestrated beautiful. And now that's where I come to the main topic, what I want to talk about, is it, is it game planning? Is it the overall scripting of the plays and series? Or is it coaching and being able to adjust and to adapt and to guide their players into And that's what I'm not seeing is because I went out there and really, truly, you know, just confused the, the, and put the, the, the Buffalo on their heels. And it was just, it, it just was so smooth. But all of a sudden, Buffalo made adjustments. And when they made their adjustments, it seemed to get the Raiders off, you know, off kilter. And I didn't see the adjustments from the Raiders, specifically from, you know, uh, Patrick Graham. So, you know, you're, you're looking at that. And, and so that leads you to believe that Josh McDaniels, I don't I'm not knocking on him. I know it's really early, but, you know, it looks like he has the ability to script the plays going into the game and have an echo of a plan until you get, you know, like Mike Tyson, get socked in the mouth. What right. are you going to do to adapt? You know, so that, that's that's what I really, you know, want to, you know, get your insight on is how do we adapt? Because you're looking at the planning. We're looking at, you know, the, the off-season holdouts or injuries and recoup, you know, from Josh McDaniels. I mean, not Josh McDaniels, Josh Jacobs. From Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, from uh, um, you know going in, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Tyree Wilson? You know those three positions: the rush, the ra- the, the rushing, the passing, and all of a sudden the, the 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 quick exodus of Chandler Jones. Those are the three positions that we're really you know struggling on. Kind of ironic. So, food for thought. Yeah, hey, good uh, co- good call, man. Raider X, appreciate the call. And yeah, I mean, look. Uh, I, Teams always are going to script the first the first drive, and a lot of times it looks really good. And the Raiders looked exceptional. I thought it was going to be a nice day at the office that day, right? And unfortunately for them, it was just that. And as Coach McDaniels always says, the defense has something to say about that. The defense, again, was not allowing Josh Jacobs or or uh, or Max Crosby to get off. They, they weren't, you know, obviously defensively Max Crosby, but offensively Josh Jacobs wasn't going to get off. Those two guys weren't going to wreck the game. And so the Raiders have to be able to adjust. They have to have other players step up. Uh, guys along the defensive line have to be able to get penetration, not name Max Crosby. And other guys that are on the team offensively, not named Devontae Adams and, and Josh Jacobs, are going to have to get off too. Josh Jacobs was the second leading target, uh, you know, as far as uh, receiving, receiving goes. I think uh, Devontae had eight and Josh had six. Right, there's got to be other guys that get involved. And again, going back to the Raiders not having really the possessing the ball and and having too many snaps in the second half, which is really strange and bizarre. Uh, but it 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 
it was what it was. You know, Buffalo had a hell of a game plan. They went in there, executed it, and, uh, you know, sent the Raiders home packing. And so uh, it, was a, it was a rough day to have a rough day for the Silver and Black, but that's exactly what they did as they lose 38-10. to So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get more calls and texts at 702-365-9200. But next, we got Ed Graney from the ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, obviously the RJ, coming up next. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by PortaSubs. Make sure you check out PortaSubs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread. Loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com. This will be a 35-yard effort to try to win the game. 37-37 tie. Marshall Nichols to hold from the near or left hash mark. The snap, the spot, the kick is on the way, and the kick is good! The Rebels, with five seconds left, have retaken the lead 40-37 to over Vanderbilt. Oh, baby! Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. Live at the Splash Cantina inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Here's your boy Q. And UNLV won that game on Saturday at Allegiant Stadium. Big win over Vanderbilt. Nice SEC victory under Coach Odom's belt. So shout-out to UNLV for picking up another victory this young season. Joining us now on the phone lines, as promised, is Ed Graney from the RJ and ESPN Las Vegas. And, Ed, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you as always. And we'll start right there. Let me ask you about that UNLV victory over Vanderbilt. How big was that for uh, the Rebels and Coach Odom to get that win? Well, that was as crazy a win as I've ever seen. I've never seen – the last minute play out like it did. That was that was absolutely wild. But it, it's huge for them. Um, you know, any, you want to get as many wins as you can towards bowl eligibility. It's an SEC opponent, and it was really the first time we saw you. Know, like the first game against Bryant, you knew they would beat them pretty badly. They did. Second game against Michigan, you knew they'd probably get beat pretty badly, which they did. So this was like the first time you could go up even against even um, in a lot of places on your roster against another team, and to get out of there with a win. I thought was huge for them. Now they go to El Paso. They're a road favorite. So if they can get that one and get out of non-conference three and one, things look really good in the Mountain West Conference for them, the way the schedule breaks down. And uh, I, I said before the season, I'm not going to change it. I think they'll be bowl eligible this year. And I think it's just kind of year one of a, a really good tenure under Barry Odom. Yeah, should that be the goal? That's, that's what I wanted to ask you for UNLV. Should yeah. that bowl eligibility be the goal? Oh, yeah. They just haven't been any, many at all, Q. They haven't been... I was at the heart of Dallas Bowl with Bobby Howell the last time they went to one. I can't even remember before that they went to one. So that's the first step I think they have to take in building this program is to get bowl eligibility. Uh, no matter where the bowl is, no matter what the game is, just get to a bowl, try to win it, and, and then you're off and running and trying to build a program. So I think that should be the goal for sure of this team. I think they're good enough to do it, and I think that's a big step towards, you know, like I said, building a program that can consistently compete in the Mountain West Conference and if you do that, then you're going to be in bowls every year. 
Yeah, no doubt. And if they win that game against UTEP, as you mentioned, they'll be halfway there to bowl eligibility. Yep. Again, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Review Journal is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So that was the good from the weekend. The bad, well, it had to do with the Raiders, obviously. 38-10, to 10, they lose to Buffalo. Ed, how much do you take in the first few weeks of a regular season? Like, how much do you really learn about a team in the first few weeks? I mean, I think you can learn a lot uh, about a team um, and, and what happens. They just – Yesterday they were outplayed, they were outcoached, they were out everything. Uh, they didn't, they really, you know, did not do much at all well um, in that entire game. Uh, I agree with Josh Jacobs. Um, you know, you got to watch the film and learn from it. You can't just flush it. Um, and he said that's not how you build a winning attitude. You know, you got to really take take onus and take responsibility for what happened yesterday. And I think they'll do that. Um, it was not good in any form. So, you know. I think you know. I think we really learn about a team is this week against Pittsburgh, and how do you bounce back from a loss like that? Um, yeah. That that to me is more important at this point. I mean, yesterday was yesterday. It's not coming back. You know, you lost big um, to you know to a really good team that was coming off a loss and it was their home opener. Um, you know, which the team has been one of the best in the AFC in the last several years. But I want to see how they play Sunday in a Sunday night football game against the Steelers team, they should definitely uh, be competitive with, if not, you know, when we'll see the Steelers tonight against Cleveland. But that really tells me what kind of team you have. How do you bounce back, not from a close loss, but really getting beat, you know, in every phase of the game? How do you bounce back from that? And we'll have to see on Sunday night. Was it surprising to you that they had that performance, especially after spending the week in West Virginia, kind of doing that team bonding and preparing for that game? Yeah, I mean, I think anytime you have a performance like that after a win, it's uh, it's somewhat surprising, um, you know. And they did they did like you say, spent the time. They went back to West Virginia. Supposedly it was a good practice week. Supposedly they bonded well together, but they just didn't do anything right yesterday. So, um, and again, you know, we cover the Raiders, so that's what we focus on. I think you have to give credit to the Bills as well. Yeah. Um, you know, they gave up the touchdown to start, and then it was them the entire rest of the way. So, you know, they just you know, they just couldn't get them off the field. I mean, it was just, I've never seen anything like that opening third quarter drive where they just had the ball for that many minutes and, you know, you end up with 19 minutes. So, you know, they've had two games now with not a lot of possessions. They got yeah. away with one in Denver and won the game and did enough to win. And then this one, they were never really in after a while. Um, so, you know, interested to see how they do when they have more possessions and their offense can stay on the field a lot longer. Yeah, well, speaking of their offense, you mentioned Josh Jacobs. Nine carries, negative two yards. Never seen that ever. Didn't expect that that would be the stat no. line that I'm talking about. I don't think it's a in-shape thing. I believe Josh Jacobs is in great shape, but I do believe it's a timing thing with the offensive line. And also, the other team is not allowing him just to get off, loading up the box, doing whatever they can to stop him. How long do you think it's going to take for Josh Jacobs to get on the same page? Let's start there with the offensive line. Well, it better come. It better happen fast because you only get 17 of them and you don't want to fall behind. So... Uh, yeah. They needed to happen, you know, fairly quickly. Um, I'm with you. He, he's in shape, um, especially after two weeks. The whole football shape cliche thing. He's in. He's in that kind of shape by now. Um, but it did look like a timing issue from the very first. Uh, from the very first, um, you know, play where his, his guard gets pushed back into him and he loses four, and it just mm-hmm. went downhill from there. Um, so the timing issue's got to be part of it. Um, you know, he's got to be part of it. Uh, I, I heard Josh McDaniels talk today about, you know, opening the holes where they're at, um, being able to, you know, like much like pro- pass protection, knowing your role on a run protection and run run game. Um, so they've just got to be real. You know, they got to be a lot better. Um, he's not a he's not a negative two yard rusher. Um, that's right. obvious. Um, he's a much, much, much better than that. So 
they've got to find ways to get him loose a little. Um, and in you know in the secondary, he's you know he I think he led the league if I'm not mistaken in yards after contact last year. Um, yeah. So you know maybe if they get some creases for him, we can find him doing that again and getting extra yards after contact. And like McDaniel said today, you know really good teams. You know you're you're second and six, second and five. Um, you're not second and nine, second and ten. Those are really hard down and distances. And that's what they found themselves in, you know, uh, yesterday way too much. So they've got to get back to where he's getting four yards for that first run and putting them in manageable situations the next two downs where the defense doesn't know what you're going to do. Again, we're talking with Ed Grady from the RJ and ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Sticking with the offense, what about Hunter Renfro? One target through two games for 23 yards, and that one, that one target and one catch came in garbage time. Are you surprised by the lack of targets for Hunter? Yeah, and I know Jacoby plays a different position, but I thought yesterday he'd get a lot more um, in the absence. Um, I, Q, I don't know what's going on here. Um, I, I don't know. You know, I know Josh McDaniel says it's a lot about coverage and all that, but it wasn't about coverage, you know, two years ago when he had the year that he had. Um, last year there was injuries to it. Um, they found ways to get him the ball. So I, I don't know what's going on, man. It's, it's If you'd have told me, you know, the odds of the book that he'd have, you know, one target after two weeks, I mean, those would have been, you know, incredible odds against um, that that would happen. So uh, it's a mystery, man. Um, I know in the offseason, you know, there was talk of moving him. Um, that didn't happen. I don't, I don't know if it's a lose faith kind of thing in him. I, I don't know what it is. Um, you know, I'm sure the coverage has something to do with it, but that's just kind of a reasoning we've heard for two weeks now, and they can't get him the ball. They don't even throw him the ball. That's the other thing. Never mind can't get him the ball. They don't throw him the ball. Um, right. So your guess is as good as mine on Hunter Renfro. I, I would have never, ever guessed that he'd have one target in two weeks. I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, and, you know, with Jacoby Myers not being there, I thought at least he'd get, you know, a couple more targets and get more involved just because we know he's very capable, right? I mean, I'm not, I'm not oh, yeah. saying he's got to start. Yeah. I'm not saying you've got to, you know, run the game plan right at him and he's got to get 10 or 12 targets. I'm not saying that, but you would think that he can get more than one target in garbage time on top of that in two weeks. Like, I, I just I feel like that that's massively underutilizing him. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not his route running. He's, you know, they all they all talk about his route running, his ability to get open. It's not that. Um, I, I don't know what it is. I, I agree with you. I would have thought, you know, again, Jacoby's more on the outside and everything, but, I mean, I would have thought target-wise that they would have gotten him more targets yesterday, um, especially right. especially chasing the score. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you're up, you know, 28-10, and, you're, you know, you're bleeding the clock, and, you know, you're, you're running the ball well, and, you know, you're just not getting targets to your receivers because you're up, and, and that's a good thing. I mean, you're chasing the score most of the game. Um, I just I can't believe that they couldn't find different ways to get him the ball. Right. No, I couldn't either. I, it blew my mind. That's why one of the questions I threw out there uh, earlier when we started the show was just, you know, what do you think the plan is for Hunter Renfro? Because honestly, Ed, I'm like you. I don't know. I don't know what the plan is, right? I thought he was going to get involved uh, this past week, but it didn't happen. So we'll see if he gets involved on Sunday against the Steelers. Let's flip over to the defense real quick. Buffalo made sure Max Crosby didn't wreck the game either. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a game where Max Crosby was just completely taken out of it and a non-factor like we saw on Sunday. Someone else has got to step up if that happens, right? And that's probably going to happen more times than not. You know, these teams are going to attempt to do that. Who's going to step up, Ed, or who should have stepped up in that situation? Well, I think a lot of them should have stepped up, and you're, you're exactly right. Here's the deal. You know, it's a copycat league like all leagues, and, you know, people, while they don't have the same personnel, are going to look at tape, right? And they're just going to – you hit it on the head. This is not going to be the last time he sees that. And, it, and yesterday wasn't the first time he saw it. Uh, the Bills right. just have a good defense, and they were able to, you know, control him. 
Um, but that entire defensive line has to step up if it's in his absence, meaning he's getting double teamed and they're just not going to let him make that big of a difference. Um, so it's, I don't think it's just one guy. I think it, as, as a whole, the defensive line needs to step up and, and, and realize what's happening and, and each, you know, in, you know, increase their performance by one or 2% and maybe they'll have, maybe they'll do something. I think, you know, they're getting pretty good play out of a couple of their linebackers. Um, yeah. but, you know, that's the next level. You've got to, you've got to start up front and really make a difference up front. And when, you know, cook goes for a career high one twenty three. Something's not happening up front, so you're right. Um, it won't be the last time Max sees that. He'll probably see it for the rest of his career. I mean, if no one else is making plays around him, I wouldn't let him have. A, I wouldn't let him be the guy. I would do right. exactly what Buffalo did and force other people to make you know make plays. And they it just didn't happen enough yesterday. No, no, it really didn't. Final question for you, Ed. What did you see from Tyree Wilson, who struggled week one against Denver, but in my opinion looked a little bit better. He didn't get any sacks, didn't get home, but looked a little bit better, looked a little bit fresher than he did week one. Yeah, didn't he look a little quicker off the ball? Yeah, 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 absolutely I thought he looked a little quicker. I thought he looked a quick, quicker off the ball. He's just – and maybe that's – maybe, you know, we, we talked hard on him after the first week of Denver, and everyone kind of had a, a good good day with him standing up and, you know, kind of – you know, talking about that and making fun of that, but maybe it is a case of him just needing more time and more reps. Uh, he's a rookie, yeah. um, and maybe that's just the situation that he's in, that he needs more time, he needs more reps to get going. And, and for the Raiders, you know, they need to hope that's true. They need to hope that, right. you know, he gets better each week, and, and maybe there's a guy, like we said, in time, I, I assume this is what they hope, that in time when Max gets doubled like that and they, he gets taken away, that Tyree can make a lot more plays. Um, I think that's why you draft the guy seventh overall because you know you have one of the best in the world in Crosby, but people are just not going to line up and allow Max Crosby to get three sacks a game, and they're just not—they're right. not going to defend it that way. They're—they're—they're going—they're going to double team him and force others to do it. So hopefully, you know, for the Raiders' sake, uh, Tyree continues to continue, and maybe in a few weeks down the road, he's the guy making a difference where they have to, you know, not pay as much attention to Max. Yeah, it's it's going to have to be something. Like you said, that whole defensive line has got to step up. They gave up 183 yards on the ground. Uh, they went off. You know, really didn't get uh, – Josh Allen, they didn't really pressure him at all. That was the linebacker, Spillane and Diablo, they got him. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a work in progress. Like you said, they've got to do a lot more uh, moving forward if they want to have success, a lot more than they had yesterday against Buffalo as they got embarrassed 38-10. to 10. Well, good stuff as always. Ed, what are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? A uh, little UNLV football with the um, the quarterback, uh, Jaden Maiava, who had to step in for uh, Doug Brumfield and have something on him this week. Doug Brumfield yeah. got hurt again, so Maiava had to come in and did a comparable job, did a nice job uh, helping lead them to the win, and then back to the Raiders with you on Wednesday. All right, well, there you go. It should be a fun week, and, of course, the season uh, opener, the home opener is on Sunday, Sunday night football, primetime action. Yep. So, Ed, thank you so much, man. Always appreciate t- uh, catching up with you, and I'll see you in the press box soon. Thank you, buddy. I'll see you in the press box. All right, there he goes, Ed Graney. Not only will I see him in the press box, you hear him on the press box every single Monday or Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. Of course, does a great job uh, writing for the Las Vegas Review Journal as well, award-winning writer right there. So I definitely appreciate Ed's time this afternoon. Again, the question we threw out there, we got a ton of text messages on our don'tbebroke.com text line that I'll get to at 69187, keyword R&R. What lessons can be learned from the Raiders' loss to the Bills, and what do you think the Raiders' plan is 
for Hunter Renfro. Again, we're here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're inside the Splash Cantina. Come on, hang out. they got about eight TVs on right now. Monday Night Football doubleheaders are going to be going on. And, of course, they've got the hookup here at the Oyo for their weekly slot tournament where you can win up to $1,000 in free slot play. That happens every single Tuesday and Thursday, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. They've got Hooters here so you can get some food. You can come sit out by the pool if you want to come sit out by the pool. You can come hang out with us on some of these little player-player couches. Whatever the case may be, man, come on by say what's up and oh by the way we got a lot of prizes to give you as well uh cups koozies tickets whatever you need we have for you so come on hang out with us with radio nation radio 920 now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy q on raider nation radio 920 a.m Got the voice of the silver and black, Jason Horowitz, coming up in about 10 minutes here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. We are here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here every single Monday night. It's our Monday night football hotspot. Tonight, you got two Monday night football games to enjoy. So, uh, yeah, we're right now we're inside the Splash Cantina. We're normally at the Underground Lounge, but it's under construction. It's being renovated. It's about to get hooked up like a dump truck, like really, really nicely. So, uh, but next time we're at the Underground Lounge, it's going to be fantastic. So, you definitely want to come by. But hang out with us here. We're at the Splash Cantina. We're having a really good time. All we need is you. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. We'll get a call from uh, Raider Mac. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Mac? Hey, Q. I'm not going to overreact. This is an overreaction Monday, like everybody, you know. But what I will tell you is a couple of facts. That Josh McDaniels and that coaching staff do not adjust game time. He's been – he did it in – he, he did it all last year. That's why we lost double-digit leads. And I'm not blaming I'm not blaming none of the players. I'm blaming the coaching staff because you've got to adjust. And that's one thing I see this coaching staff don't adjust. Second thing on Renfro, come on. Q, we know what it is. It's the Marcus Allen, Al Davis situation. He can, he can say whatever he wants, but he has a grudge on this kid. And he's not getting – why – Hunter, Hunter Renfro was wide open on some plays. If you go back and watch the game, I always go back and watch it to make sure I didn't miss anything. And he was open on a couple of plays. He, he just don't want to give him the ball. I think he want to trade. Let him go. I'm, 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 I'm a fan of Hunter Renfro. Let him go. I'm, let him go somewhere else if you're going to do him like that. Just like what Al was doing Marcus like that. I'm, I, I'd rather see Marcus go somewhere else. And I, I'd rather see Hunter Renfro go somewhere else. But we're not making adjustments. In that second half, on that drive, do you know we didn't blitz not once, but one time, Josh Allen. So my thing is, my my thing is, Q. If you're the head coach, just like Jimmy Johnson used to say, if I see that 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 I need to blitz, I'm gonna go down to the defensive coach or call the defensive coach up there. Hey, we need to send a blitz. You're the head coach, not a, you're not just a coordinator. See, that's the problem. He think he's just a coordinator. No, you the head coach of the whole football team. All that bonding stuff that you went to West Virginia, it didn't work. You took these guys away from the family for a whole week, and and you got blowed out like that. That's a shame. Not, and, and my thing is just just a just in game time situation. He's not doing it, and you can yeah, they can say whatever they want. They're not adjusting as a coaching staff. All right, thank you for the call. I appreciate you. I, I kind of got the gist of your call. You're talking about adjustments. I will say I thought that they made some good adjustments in the second half of that uh, that Denver game. 
I thought the defense made some adjustments. Uh, you know, I don't know how much adjustments they could have made in this game to make a difference. I mean, you got blown out 38-10, to 10, but I understand what you're saying, and it's definitely something to pay attention to, right? I mean, the coaching staff, I think they've got, you know, a lot on their plate to make sure that these guys are lined up in the right position doing what they do. Again, don't want to overreact to a Week 2 loss. Now, a Week 12 loss, it's a different ball game, but there's a lot of football still needs to be played. Let's get one more quick call in before we take a break. Paul from Temecula, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q, thanks for having me on, man. Yep. Appreciate it. No hey, problem. Uh, really quick, to answer your question about um, Hunter Renfro, about the plan, there is no plan. It's obvious. Like, And it's a shame because this coaching staff, you know, their bread and butter was the slot receivers that they developed and they groomed over there in New England, and we can't get, a, we can't get this guy more than one pass? It's ridiculous, man. And, and I'm, I'm going I'm to piggyback on, on the other caller about adjustments. It's true. Like, like on, on, on offense, it's like it, we're down like two or three touchdowns and we're still running the ball cue for it's not successful. All right. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you. No, good stuff. Uh, appreciate you, my man. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look, that's what it's all about, right, adjustments. I just think that we realize as uh, fans and media and whatever you want to call it that the Raiders have to be as balanced as possible. They're going to have to be able to run the ball. I know that the running game was not going at all yesterday, but I think that they have to try to continue to run the ball. Even though it wasn't working, Jimmy, to me, is not a guy that's going to throw the ball around the yard 45 times and be successful. I just don't see it. But – You know, I understand the frustrations when you see the performance that you saw on Sunday. Jason Horowitz joins us next, kickoff hour number two of the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Subs.